You're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Love that Danhausen. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially in the year 2020. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast South independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review episode for Baby It's Too Cold Outside. I am your host, I am Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WoodManeuver.net. Like I said, this is a review episode for AIW's Baby It's Too Cold Outside. And you know, it's it's 2020, a brand new year, so let's uh, let's spice it up with technically two new voices for the podcast. First off, we'll have, he's technically returning, but... He was on such a short episode almost two years ago. We have long AIW fan Ray Highclack. Hey, Justin. It's great to be here on Wrestling Cheers. I've always wanted to do this podcast. And to be honest, it's a good day when you can drink beer, talk about wrestling, and be in your underwear in your own home and talk about pro wrestling. That's the nice part. How you been, buddy? I, I've been good. but I mean, technically, you, you were on, but it was a clusterfuck of a show and like you were supposed to be on the whole show, but we did live at the after party and that kind of went out the door quick. Cause we we're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. I, I honestly thought I lost my bank card that night too. <laughs> I remember it vividly being at the bar that we were at after that show at the Tamor and just being like, Holy shit. I think I lost my bank card. Turned out it was at my house, but I still drove down to where like I had to go and they didn't have it. it sucked. Not a fun night, but it was still a fun night because it was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was there, and that was badass as hell, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. And then also we have uh, first time being on the show, and this is something behind the scenes been talked about for a, a little while. We have uh, Will. Yeah, what's going on, man? Glad to uh, finally get this appearance, and uh, we can uh, we can do this again. I previously had you on mine, and we did that a while back, so here we are. For those again. who don't. For those who don't know, Will is the podcast host for the co-host wrestling show. Hasn't been any episodes in a while. Something we talked about on <laughs> Friday. You've just been busy with life, which is completely understandable. Yeah, brief hiatus. Definitely uh, making a comeback very soon. Got some things already in the works. So hopefully uh, they get off the ground relatively quickly. And since you're someone who comes to AIW shows, not all the time, but enough, it's you're a good voice to have on. You you keep in touch with what's going on with not only just AIW, but a lot of other promotions. So it's uh, great to have you on and then great to have uh, Ray back on, too. Absolutely. 
All right, so uh, we're here to review Baby It's Too Cold Outside. And as a whole, uh, before we get into everything, how did you guys feel about the show? We will start with Will. Uh, I felt overall it was really, really good. Uh, I thought there was a, a couple... I don't like to use I don't like to use the term botches. I I felt like there were a couple uh, missed missed opportunities in a couple matches. Yeah, uh, that seemed to be a little bit of just uh, maybe like timing issues. Obviously, uh, all the guys that were on the card are extremely talented, so it's definitely no disrespect to them. But there were a couple spots where I thought that that probably could have gone a little bit more smoothly. And I, you know, I kind of attribute that sometimes to people just. You know, we're we're kind of in the era right now where you have to do more than you've ever done before. You know, with social media presence and things like that, you you really have to take each match a little bit a little bit higher than your you know so that you stand out. And sometimes that results in uh, a little little gaffes here and there. <laughs> How'd you feel about the show, Ray? I always love it. I mean, I go to AIW shows, and it's I always get what I pay for. To me, honestly, it was a great match. Yes, there were some things that people watched on pay-per-view, and we watched at the Odeon uh, last Friday. But I know we'll talk about them, and I really do want to get into at least one one of the mistakes that was made. Um, during Baby It's Cold Outside, because I laughed so hard. And luckily, I was upstairs when it happened. I wasn't on the floor, because I probably would have been dying when I saw when I saw what I saw. We, I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's definitely something we'll talk about once we get to it. I mean, it was, a, it was, but all in all, good show. It was, I, it's a, AIW is always solid, and that's why I like going to those shows. It's the best money you can have for twenty, or best show you can see for twenty bucks. How can you not love that? And you've been going like pretty much as long as I have, like probably longer, right? I've been, I showed up Hell on Earth 7 in 2011. I was my first official one, and I looked it up on ringside or a cage side actually, was um, Forged in Fire in 2007. Wow. Yeah, it was actually just, I was living in Menor. Uh, at the time and I wanted to do something with a girl a high school girlfriend and my dad was like hey I think there's wrestling down the street at this one bar and I was like um I'm definitely gonna have to go check that out and it turned out to be AIW you had Ray Rowe versus Claudio Castiglioli was on that show um a lot of guys that aren't really in the Cleveland scene anymore uh are in there some are under different gimmicks and stuff like that um, but no, yeah, and then my first full-time show was Abso 5, uh, the Chikara, Faded Scars and Lines, and Absol- Absolution Day, uh, which was 2010. And I've been going on a fairly consistent basis since then. Yeah, so one of the very few people that have been going longer than I have, which I'm, I'm, I'm not nothing to shake a stick at, but I feel like there's we're into... Uh... You've been a part of the front row mafia for years, though. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, it's crazy, like people like us and Dustin Alberti, uh, Adam Laporta, who have watched just AIW grow. And we remember when uh, besties in the world were known as the Sex Bombs. 
we yeah. we remember uh, a little show called Girls Night Out. I mean, granted, that was that didn't oh, end yeah. too that didn't end too long ago, but I remember them being multiple times a year. Them being way bigger deals. Um, I do was. You rem- um, do you remember when Athena first came to AIW for Girls Night Out? What? Because I missed the first handful. My what was it? My third AIW show was GNO, and that featured the debut. The debut in AIW, and they were both rookies, Ms. Heidi and Crazy Mary Dobson. Now, yeah. now known as Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan. Oh yeah, those are, and I, I have, I at least have. Were you at the Fan Fest where Pondo um, proposed to <laughs> yeah. Crazy Mary? Uh yep, yep, I was. <laughs> That's always one of my favorite stories. Looking at her now in WWE, I'm like. Madman Pondo proposed to her. She's in WWE and married to Ray Rowe, who I went to his brother's graduation party. That's crazy. I know. But um, I, I want to talk about the big guest first. We're going to talk about him later. The motherfucking Insane Clown Posse. I was pumped for this <laughs> this their appearance, this entire show. Um, I, I bought myself a shirt, and I had... I had kind of been in a market for a new hatchet man, uh, mainly because like the one that I had when I was a teenager has been long gone. I bought one online. I used one off of somebody. It's it's not the prettiest. And they actually had the new one. I was like, oh, fuck. And I, I didn't even know that they had them. I made a comment. I'm like, oh, too bad you guys don't have hatchet man. They're like, oh, we do. And I'm like, oh, you do? Fuck. Okay, give uh. me one. So bought me a brand new one. Got a... Another picture with them. I got my 2003 Gathering of the Juggalos program signed by them. Um, I was ecstatic. And I think there were a lot, a lot of Juggalos in in uh, the Odeon. They didn't cause as much problems. And there was one dude who I have since added on Facebook. He's in a, a Juggalo group that I'm in. And I happen to, like, recognize his face. But when M-Dog Matt Cross was in the ring, he made a reference to M-Dog and J-Pro's DVD, and he said something about a party box, and I just turned around, and I'm just like, you just became my best friend, because you wow, you yeah. got the party box reference. That's fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. So, That's funny. So, all in all, uh, I love them. I love, like, the, the crowd that showed up, and I really hope some of them, like, stick around. I mean, there's going to be a most of them that don't, which is fine, but now they know what we have locally and that's why well, that's the real deal for me uh what did you guys think about icp being there well, i'll start with ray because i know you're down well yeah i am down with the clown i actually say i'm a juggalo just because i it was one of, i loved them as a kid and i still do and i consider myself one that was one of the selling points besides two cold scorpio as soon as john thorne said icp was there i'm like i don't care what they're doing I just want to see them in an AIW ring. That was the only thing. My motivation that night, I actually wore a concert t-shirt I got in 2017 when I went to Detroit to see them. And I, I wore it. I was so happy. because, And then they did what they did. And I was like, yes, it made it even better. And I agree <laughs> with you. Some of those people, I hope, come back for more shows. Because that would be awesome to see that expansion grow even more. The shirt that I wore... Uh, have, have has a little bit of wrestling 
uh, tied in with it. It's it's a shirt from them, straight from their website, bought it earlier this year, and it's actually the real version of the Oddities theme shirt. It's called the, that song. Nice. That song is called The Greatest Show, and it actually has like all these things that are hinted in that song. So once I seen, I'm like, oh my god, I I have to have this. So that's why I I wore a wrestling shirt, but also an ICP shirt, which I have two rules for when I go to wrestling shows. Number one, I have to wear a wrestling shirt. Number two, I will not wear a shirt of somebody booked. There's been times I've broken that, but normally I always wear a wrestling shirt. And this is like the closest I have to not wearing a wrestling shirt. That's funny. How did you- I, I just, I wore mine because I was like, I was going to wear my, I had a JCW t-shirt because I went to that Agora show that they had. Yeah. But like, I wanted to just wear that because it was more personal because it was just ICP and I wanted that. How did you uh, f- feel about ICP, Will? Uh, I, actually, this didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Uh, I've never been, I've never been a fan. I wasn't, I wasn't coming. I was coming regardless. Uh, yeah. I had already made that decision long ago. Uh, but this didn't move the needle for me in either direction. But I'm also not the type of person that like shits on what other people like so yeah. there were people there who i i knew were there specifically for that reason and you know i pay hey, more power to them anytime that you can bring you know more outside eyes to your product obviously is always for the better and like you said if some of those people stick around hey that that's great as well um but yeah for me i i mean i thought the spot that they did which we'll get to later mm-hmm. turned out to be really cool um but going into it i was I was not interested in, in, in any way, shape, or form. So, We'll definitely get to the spot later. And I I kind of got a little hint of what was going to happen because I had no idea like where they would be involved. I had a couple thoughts. Like Actually, I thought they could have been Filthy Tom Lawler's managers. And like you have both members of ICP to help um, control both Wes Barkley and Fonzie. But what they did was fine. I... I really liked it. It kind of made another match that I was looking forward to even better. So we'll, we will get to that. But before we do, there were a couple pre-show matches. I didn't get to watch, I don't think, really any of them. There was, um, which we only tweeted out one because that was, I'm going to throw Caden under the bus. He was the only one down there for it. And he, he did the first match. Huge credit to him. Huge thank you. But there was at least one more uh, pre-show match. There might have been a third and I can't remember with who, but uh, we only got the first one. And the first one was Johnny Patch versus Levi Everett versus Braden Lee versus Ryder Reed. Uh, this is another uh, nice way to display Levi Everett in front of AIW fans. And I think he got over a little bit more compared to Hell on Earth, which is great. Uh, Braden Lee, I didn't realize until after Hell on Earth, this is the... Um, Mikey Montgomery clone because like in Indiana or wherever I've seen he healthy has been, he kind of dresses a little bit like Mikey Montgomery. So it's kind of, now it's kind of cool. Like, Oh, now he, this guy's in AIW, uh, Johnny patch. This is, he's been in, this is, his, I think his second AIW match. He's out of, for those who don't know, out of Pennsylvania for IWC and then Ryder Reed been around like uh, almost two years now. So I didn't get to see it. And I, if I'm correct, Neither did you two, right? Oh no, I was I was there. Ah. Okay, well, what were your thoughts on this match? Because I know I was in line at this particular time. 
Yeah, uh, it was good. I had never seen uh, Johnny Patch before. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had a. I thought he had a pretty good look. I, I didn't even hear like. I don't know if it was the the acoustics in there, or I just didn't wasn't paying attention. But I didn't hear his introduction, so I didn't. I heard like he's the American Daredevil, but I didn't hear like who he was or where he was from or anything. So I kind of missed that part of it. Um, Levi and Braden Lee, I'm familiar with from going to shows in Indiana, uh, down in either down in Jeffersonville or over in Indianapolis for Bizarro. Also, Braden Lee's come to Columbus for Unsanctioned Pro as well. So is Levi. So I'm super familiar with them prior to them ever coming to AIW. Um, the Brazy Lee gimmick where you said he kind of dresses like Mikey, that's kind of a newer thing. So that yeah. wasn't always his, that wasn't always his deal. Uh, he was doing some other stuff before that, but you know, just, I'm sure he's just trying some different things, figuring out what works, but that seems to be going pretty well for him right now. So, um, yeah, I was familiar with them. Uh, Oh, the fourth guy, uh, Ryder Reed. Yeah, I've only seen him a, a handful of times up there, at, so I'm not super familiar with him. But the couple times that I have seen him, I, I like his stuff, and he he picked up the W in this four way, so that was pretty cool as well. Yep, one via the vile driver. Um, you know, it's great to see Ryder Reed back. Uh, a little, I mean, this isn't his first match back, but getting a, a little bit more time in the AEW ring is great. Hopefully, we can go back to, you know. Ryder Reed being a staple within AIW. So uh, there was, I know, Calvin Tankman versus Zach Thomas, and Calvin Tankman's another Indiana dude. I did see that. <laughs> I did see that match, actually. I remember I, wa- watching part of it. I saw that one. Yeah. Tank- and it was a good match. Yeah. It was. Zach Thomas is very good and strong as hell from what I saw. Jesus Christ, that power bomb. He did a power bomb with the guy in an electric chair. And flipped him over, and Tankman's huge. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. I think Tankman can go for a run for the AIW Haas boot. Yes. Or maybe, I'd like to see whether it be one-on-one or in a tag match, something with him and Big Tuan. Like, that's that's got to be coming soon, right? I mean, if they're smart, they should build to that, have him fight little guys for a little while, and then all of a sudden Tuan comes in and, is sick of it or wants to challenge them and have them, you know, have them do that. Cause yeah, that would be a good ass tag. That would be a good ass match to watch him and Twan going at it, especially for, I don't know, March or April. That would be a cool match to have them go for. What did you think about the match? Will? uh, yeah, I really like Tankman. Obviously I've seen him a couple of times at Bizarro Lucha. Uh, the first time I actually ever saw him, I think was at AIW in a, yeah. February show a couple, I think two years ago or so. Um, We've got a dilemma. Was, yeah, we have a dilemma show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen him. And he does a lot of stuff, Bizarre Lucha, a lot of other stuff down at uh, Southeast Indiana. So I've seen him a, a lot down there. And he's fresh off a WWE tryout. So a lot of people saw that he was down to Performance Center and stuff uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made you know, made its rounds around Twitter and stuff like that. So, uh, familiar with him. I like Zach Thomas a lot. He's, I've seen him a couple of times, obviously at AIW. He's also started coming up to unsanctioned pro. So we've seen him a couple of times up here as well. And, uh, I, I like talking to him, especially like after, you know, before and after events and stuff like that. So he and I, uh, he and I talk every time that, that I see him and, you know, I like supporting him. So 
Uh, good match. That electric chair uh, pow- uh, power bomb was actually really sweet and highly yeah. impressive that he held him up there as long as he did. And it, one thing that I thought was really funny during that spot was there were a couple of wrestlers up on the top. Uh, I think it was like Tom Lawler, Eric Stevens, and maybe Dom Greeny were watching from the top. And when he hit that, they all went nuts. So that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach Thomas is you know, been on kind of a roll in AIW. Um, weird a little bit, maybe him getting a pre-show match, but it, it this card was stacked from bottom to top. So, so many matches, so many awesome matches. There might have been a third one, but I'm blanking on it, if there was yeah, one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember, to be honest. So, whether or not, let's get into the main card of the show. We started off with Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham versus... Danhausen, love that Danhausen. Uh, I love starting off the show with Danhausen and DCR. He he's great at what he does. So getting him in this opening spot was also great. How'd you guys feel about this? Start with Will. Oh yeah, it was really good. Uh, obviously, everyone loves Danhausen, or there's something wrong with him if they don't. Um, so that you know, seeing him is is always been great. He's been blowing up the last the latter part of, uh, of 2019 so good to see him getting opportunities here and there and dcr just a, a guy you really just like to hate I, I like talking to him before and after the shows but you know when he's out there doing his doing his thing it, it, I, I usually want him to just go away so uh it, it's uh it's always fun to watch him and have you know so, have somebody that you can that you can cheer against because uh, most of the time with me i i like so many wrestlers that there aren't very many people that I cheer against. So, you know, having him kind of play that, that heel character for me, uh, is always entertaining. So, uh, the match, I, I don't know if I remember anything very specifically about it, uh, except for, uh, DCR did take the teeth and he, I, I'm almost positive. He won with like a roll up. Is that, is that the result? Uh, I have lawn dart. Okay. What do you think about the match, Ray? I actually, I love that match because of the fact that um, I got actually called my girlfriend on Facebook Messenger. And Will was saying he doesn't remember. There's one thing I remember mostly about that match, and that was um, Dan Housen doing the Pee Wee Herman spot. Oh, yeah, for sure. That I, my girlfriend's a huge Pee Wee Herman fan. Like, she has a lot of Pee Wee stuff. She's actually going to one of the tour things. And once they started doing that, my first response was to actually call her and be like, he's doing this Pee Wee thing. And she watched the whole thing and was laughing her ass off while she was watching it. It was, I liked that match because, yeah, I agree with you, Will. Like, DCR is one of those guys that you, you, you want you love hating him because he is that kind of like heel that where you were like, yeah, I don't really want to like that dude. But he's so, and as you said, talking to him before and after the shows, that's how I am with him, too. And you look at that like gimmick and his man and the guy, his enforcer and everything. And then Dan Housen's the perfect foil. He's a little bit smaller, but a way more smarter wrestler. So the story was conveyed a lot easier through those guys in that first match. And I'll never I'll never stop talking about that Pee Wee Herman spot. That was my favorite part of the whole match. Like I it was one of those things I was when you said, hey, you want to come on the podcast? I'm like, we must talk about this because that was just hilarious. And I loved every second of it. 
So it's it's funny that you mentioned that because it I didn't think to mention that because it's become such a staple uh, mm-hmm. with his yeah. matches. And actually, that started here. He had a mm-hmm. uh, a no ring bar match against PB Smooth down here for yeah. the Sanction Pro. Yep. And that was where that kind of originated from. And I, I was talking to him, actually ran into him in the bathroom while he was doing his makeup at the last show that he did down here. And I asked him about that spot specifically. And I said, how's it, you know, what's the reception been like to that? Because after that moment, he, he's done it, you know, several times after. And I asked him and he's like, man, people love it. Like they want it everywhere that I go. Like, oh, make sure you do that, that spot tonight, whatever. So that's kind of become, you know, a thing. And I just, I didn't even think to mention it because I'm so used to seeing it, you know, as being part of his matches, but it, it is highly entertaining. And I definitely, I wanted him to do that. Like that was, uh, I was hoping he would have done that in the match to make that like, yes, I get to see it at least. Cause that's a funny bit to be honest with you. That's a hilarious way for a baby face to get over on some heels. That's a, I like that kind of stuff. So I agree with you on that. And then too, well, I just thought about this because I I remember you were there for the first time he did that, but you were also there the first time he introduced Teeth. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So you've been there for two of things that he's uh that have become staples in in Dan Housen match because I I was also there for the first time he used Teeth, and it's been always awesome to see that time and time again. First time might have been the best because. He was being very secretive of what was in the box. And then when we seen, find out it was teeth, and that was fantastic. So then you were also there, too, for the beginning of the Pee Wee Herman spot. So that's awesome, too. And the thing that I love about Dan Housen, he has those things. And it's, yeah, it could be a greatest hits for a lot of people. But if you've never seen him before, you want to see it. So eventually, both of those spots will probably die or just not get used as much. But Dan Housen's so creative. He's going to come up with something something else because he is just that good and just that creative. I agree. All right. Next up was uh, the one match I was really, really looking forward to. And I think it killed. It might be my match of the night or at least up there in consideration. We have team AIW versus team create a pro. We have bear country CPA and VSK versus Dominic Greeny PME and big, Tuan Tucker. Oh, uh, to quote the hot tub guy, this match fucked. So, so fucked. I, I love Bear Country. I, I I love like Team AIW, but I've become really partial to a lot of the Creator Pro guys. So I I was one of the rare people rooting for Creator Pro. How'd you guys feel about this match? We'll start with Ray. I thought this was an amazing match. I'll admit I'm kind of lax on a lot of my stuff. I used to be big time in it, but getting into what I do now, your time is consumed with that more than it is, but I still go to AIW shows. Team Creator Pro, that entire team is just filled with killers, in my opinion. For AIW, to, I want every single one of those guys to be back in AIW and have creative and have a at least if not run it back at least bring a couple of those guys the the tag team was fantastic and it was i don't know it, they they were a new look to me so it was very like watching them perform i was very happy with seeing everything and then team aiw how can you not love pme dominic garini and uh big twan i mean those guys are staples here 
and to have them go up against guys and then take the fall was the real surprise. Like I was very surprised by that, but I'm happy because it gives the CA the CAP guys an ability or a chance to come into AIW with a little bit of a story and a little bit of like, hey, we got one over on you. So I liked them. I liked that whole match, to be honest with you. They had my they had my attention the entire match, which is rare in an AIW show because I'm drunk. So <laughs> it was it was definitely something I was looking for. I I was it still sticks in my head. So I very I very much like that one. I mean, we have CPA who's been a staple throughout this year, pretty much in AIW, and then Bear Country and VSK are newer ish. VSK was. Uh, you know, he made an appearance years ago when he was part of a tag team, but now being solo, it's it's a whole different VSK. So I'm going to count more more of the recent stuff. So both him and Bear Country are newer, but yeah, it's the Bear Country as a whole are killing it, and it's they need to be somebody that we see in AIW. The tag team division is very strong, and it gets even better with them. So could this be the team that beats PME? I don't know, but they're going to have some great matches with hopefully the likes of, I don't know, 40 Acres. That's kind of the big match I'm hoping because they're going to just beat the shit out of each other. It's going to be amazing. Um, they're, they're such a hard-hitting team. Yeah. I mean, you the way they look and how I was impressed by Bear Country's size. And I was like, oh my God, finally some fresh blood. Yes, let's go for it, baby. It was awesome. I liked it. What do you think about this match, Will? Uh, yeah, I was really, I was really into this match. I uh, really, really like all the guys involved, except I wasn't super familiar <clears throat> familiar with VSK. I had heard of him before, but I'd, I'd never actually seen him live, and uh, I thought he had a really good look. And I'm, I'm a sucker for guys that you know have like a really, really good look. So I thought his his look was awesome. He put, he he did his stuff. Uh, very well and it, it's funny you mentioned cpa being a staple because i think i even mentioned this to you afterwards i thought i thought cpa was an aiw guy so he yeah. that's where i you know seen him the most i've seen him a couple of times other places but i was so familiar with him at aiw or, or in 2019 that i i thought he was an aiw guy uh bear country see them on uh, uncharted territory all the time they are absolutely tremendous and I think a lot of those dream matches that you have that you want to see them in are going to have to happen really fast because these probably are not guys. These are probably not two guys that are going to be on the independent wrestling scene for very much longer. Uh, they just have a, a chemistry and a look to them, their size. I mean, they just have that. They remind me, they kind of remind me of the War Raiders when they were doing their thing as, yeah. as War Machine. And I just get that vibe from them, and I'm like, uh, this is this is not a team that's gonna be uh, gonna be hanging around very long. So uh, hopefully we get those in. Uh, I love, I really, really like Big Tuan, and one of my one of my favorite things about Big Tuan is that he's such a fan of wrestling. If you ever, it it's more entertaining to watch Big Tuan watch wrestling than to watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, like if you just watch him, he's so into everything that's going on, and his his he's very animated. And I I love watching him watch wrestling. It's it's highly entertaining. Uh, obviously, uh, Dom and P and me guys that, that I absolutely uh, just absolutely love. I think PME is set for a huge uh, 2020. 
they had a debut at Glory Pro a couple weekends ago, and it it went off really well. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for them in the future. So look for them to blow up. And then obviously Dom's got a lot of big things in the works too. So you know, all in all, like all these guys, the match. You know, a lot of big spots, a lot of different crazy stuff going on. Uh, we have to talk about the uh, the cannonball that Dom did off the second rope. I don't. <laughs> I talked to him that afterwards. It's like, dude, don't kill yourself. And he, you know, <laughs> he kind of he, he kind of laughed about it, but uh, that was a that was a kind of scary moment there for a second. But uh, a lot of big spots, a lot of crazy stuff going on. I was really surprised to see uh uh create a pro actually pick up the victory but yeah i think that gives them you know the opportunity to come back with with a little bit of swagger and uh, you know a little bit of trash talk and maybe get some more you know a shot at some other aiw guys maybe some of the top tier guys to to kind of go go against them as well you said one uh <clears throat> one of the greatest things is watching big tuan watch wrestling the only thing that beats that is watching Big Tuan have a match with Faye Jackson. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but say, that yeah. is it. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, you know, Team Creator Pro won via the elevator drop. And it's, if you get a chance, go on Fight TV, watch this if, if you haven't already. Um, when I get around to buying it, I will. This might be the first match I revisit because it was just so good. And actually, at one point at the after party, and it was like after last call and everything, like this match, right around the time of last call, this match was on one of the TVs at Good Company. And you had pretty much, I think, Team Creative Pro sitting there watching it. So that was, that was kind of cool to witness. So, so we're going to get. Definitely get more Bear Country. CPA, like I said, he's a staple. And uh, VSK is still undefeated in AIW. So I expect to see more of him, too. Uh, next up, we had Lee Moriarty versus Alex Shelley. And ooh, this was a, this was the match that I wanted. This is the match that Alex Shelley got the shine. Not Alex Shelley. Lee Moriarty got the shine against uh, Alex Shelley, and it was fucking great. How'd you feel about this match? Uh, start with the will. Uh, obviously, it's no secret that Lee Moriarty is one of my favorite independent wrestlers from the very moment I saw him at AIW. I think it was even the tryout show, if I remember correctly, um, where he had the tryout beforehand, and they selected a couple guys to come in. And uh, From that moment on, I followed everything he'd done. I talked to him all the time, and uh, you know, seeing him get this second second opportunity was really what like I really wanted to see this match because I wanted to see you know what what they were going to do to go you know above and beyond the first match, which I th- I thought the first match was really good as well. So uh, I like the way the the, the match kind of went as far as the storytelling, where basically you know it was Alex Shelley just not really giving Lee any respect because obviously Alex Shelley's the the world traveled traveled veteran and Lee Moriarty is kind of the young upstart kid. And he, you know, he kind of showed Alex kind of showed him a lot of disrespect in the match, obviously as, as part of the, the storyline from what I understand, he has huge respect for him, but you know, as part of the match, it was kind of like, uh, I'm the guy, you're just this young kid and you, you know, shoved him around, beat him up a little bit. Uh, but Lee was a, you know, able to, to 
become victorious and set it up for for the rubber match. So when and where that happens, uh, I, Alex Shelley announced that he, he wanted it to be an I quit match. So that's that, that means we're going to see even more chaos uh, than we saw in this match, which that, that's hard to believe. If we go back to his tryout match, I want to pull this up. It was Wardlow versus Cabana Man Dan versus Kevin Bennett versus Logan Easton LaRue versus Matt Kenway versus Lee Moriarty. Lee is the only name still left standing in AIW. Granted, Wardlow has gone on to AEW, Cabana Man Dan. It's harder for him to get booked because he's all the way from Alabama, but hopefully that has got a little bit more light on him. And, you know, the other three, I don't know. I don't recall them being back. So Lee was the standout. And I want to say he might've been the first one to come out too. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was said uh, Akron show. Um, Uh, hail to the King baby. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I mean, and all those other guys too, they're, you know, despite the fact that they haven't come back, they're they're also kind of doing a lot of good stuff in other places. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so that's kind of that's also like a testament to him as well, because it was like, hey, you weren't in here with with just a bunch of guy, you know, random dudes who haven't come back and aren't doing anything anywhere else. Like those guys are also, you know, doing a lot of stuff in other places. And, you know, he was able to get recognized and noticed and then continue to come back to one of the top, you know, independent promotions, especially in the area, but in the, you know, in the entire country. So, you know, that's a huge testament to, to his skill set and his character as well. I mean, anyone that's ever talked to him knows that, you know, he's a very likable guy. So what did you think about this match, Ray? Um, I was, I was definitely impressed by Lee. I was at Hell on Earth, uh, in Brook Park when the promo was cut for the rematch. And I was not present for the rematch, nor also Lee's first, uh, foray into AIW. But Lee Moriarty really impressed me just based on the amount of, he's a tough kid. And the fact that he came out and, you know, did one probably one of the best matches on the card with Alex Shelley. I was definitely on Team Shelley because I'm, I'm just a fan of the old school Ring of Honor and TNA Alex Shelley. So I was rooting for Alex Shelley, but Lee Moriarty getting this win and then them going to a trilogy match – it, it fits. These two guys have such a chemistry together. They work so well together. I, the the fluidity of everything and the way they made the match me feel like it really meant something too was the nice part about having that match and being able to watch that match because that it was they were crazy the entire time. And I was very happy with the effort put in by both guys. And the fact that they're going to do an I quit match somewhere down the line, I'm all for that. Every single second. Give me that every week and twice on Sunday. Let's go, baby. <sighs> now, recently, Lee was announced to be in a match at the next, which is be this weekend's Southern Underground Pro Show in Nashville, Tennessee. And I made a, I made a comment on my personal Twitter that – a year ago, when I was on my way to Southern Underground Pro, somebody told me that Lee was going to be one of the, you know, 
people that was trying out for that AIW show. And now one year later, he is going to be at a Southern Underground Pro show. And I kind of think if if it's not 2020, it'll be 2021. But Lee Moriarty is about to break out in a big way. And I, I'm really leaning towards 2020 being that year. He's a dude who I've watched him scratch and claw and take advantage of every opportunity he's been given or he has managed to get into. And like I going back to that one particular match, he's the one that's still here. And I think it was the... Uh, the there was a try Ultimo Dragon, uh, not tryout, but a seminar, and he was the only non AIW student there. And I think for amount of wrestlers that are in the Northeast Ohio area, along with Western Pennsylvania, Central Ohio, like people who could have came to that who didn't, like that. There's a lot of people, and he's the only one outside of AIW who did it. So I knew he had the drive. So now. Uh, he deserves where he's at now, and it's it's going to bound to be a great year for him. So I'm looking forward to so much more for him. And yes, it was Lee Moriarty who countered the Border City stretch into a pin. One, two, three, fucking pulled it off. And then, like it was said that we're going to get a uh, I quit match somewhere down the line. It wasn't said when, but you'd figure it's going to be between now and Absolution. Definitely before Absolution, maybe, maybe that would be. A cool I would say, I would say Absolution is the best way to do that. Nope. To, uh, uh, Thunder in Paradise, Tampa Bay. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's I could Tampa. See that. That's that's gonna be, would be a huge match for him. Maybe maybe we get it before that though, because that's that's three months away. But there's, uh, I think, three shows between now and then. We'll, we'll definitely see. But if there's going to, like, if there's a place to showcase it, like, we went from it being on an Akron show, no pay per view, to the rematch being on iPay per view on Fight TV, still big, big stage. But now we take it to the WrestleMania weekend stage where there's going to be a lot more eyes wanting to check on a lot of other shows, especially AIW, who put on such a great show last year. Might be the perfect, perfect opportunity, but. We could see it before then, too. Who knows? I, I think WrestleMania weekend would be a good weekend for that, to be honest with you. I agree with you on that. Next up, we have the group chat versus 40 Acres. Colt Cabana and Hornswoggle versus Trey Lamar and, well, formerly known as Rich Homie Juice, formerly known as Juice Ain't Dead, back to going to Rich Homie Juice, none other than AJ Gray. Um, I was, this was another match I was highly looking forward towards. Love, love me some Colca Band. Whenever I can get a chance to watch him, I, I take it. Uh, Trey Lamar is a dude who's been, you know, scratching and clawing, you know, trying to make his name outside of AIW. And I think he's doing, he's doing decent, a lot more room for improvement. And he's, uh, you know, trying his best. Uh, AJ Gray, who's, who finally had like kind of a really big moment, a couple big moments, I should say, in 2019. Hopefully continues that. And Hornswoggle. Uh, he put out a book. I listened to it. It was good. It was good. I give him that. It was really good. But, I mean, we, we know what we get with Hornswoggle. Um, also, we had PB Smooth ringside for this, and he eventually got kicked out. So, before we get into some of the parts towards the end, what would you think about this match? Start with Will. <laughs> this is this is probably one where I will have to, to tiptoe a little bit around uh, what I might say, just because... <clears throat> 
uh, as you know, I am Mr. Mr. Positivity. Uh, I don't like to say anything negative about any wrestlers or any matches. I, I, I respect, you know, everyone that, that does this as a craft. Um, this just didn't do a lot for me. Uh, I, I am a huge Trey Lamar fan and supporter. I think that guy has one of the brightest futures out of everybody that's under the AIW banner right now. I think he's going to go really far as far as his career is concerned. Um, But the, the match other than, other than the ending, which, which I'll let you cover uh, didn't really, it didn't really do a a whole lot for me. It was, it was fine. I I won't, I won't say anything negative about it, but it was, it was just okay for me. What did you think about the match, Ray? Uh, I'm a big fan of Cole Cabana, big fan of Hornswoggle. I've performed stand-up with him. Um, 40 Acres, a, a great group in AIW. Um, I kind of agree with Will being that a lot of it didn't tickle my fancy. Um, it was a good, it was a good match. Honestly, I think it would have been, um, kind of funny to have a tongue-in-cheek thing where Cole Cabana came out in his cop uniform since the Insane Clown Posse were billed on the show and in JCW uh, he played a police officer on there so I thought that would have been kind of a funny little inside joke Uh, but the match was good and uh, I will defer to you on the finish because um, unlike, unlike Will, the finish to this match Made me happy because it was something I had always wanted to see as a professional wrestling fan, and especially in AIW, which I consider my home promotion. You and I will definitely talk about the finish, and Will will just be like, ugh, probably <laughs> while he does the whole thing. But I, I definitely uh, enjoyed the way everything played out, the prop, it, it, the way it did. And I'm going to, I will defer to you to talk about the finish now, my friend. And go from there. I'm a huge fan of comedy wrestling. And I think that's when it comes to a lot of Hornswoggle matches and Colt Cabana matches, like kind of bigger picture, especially with Colt. They're throwaway matches. They're the matches that don't that don't mean a whole hell of a lot, you know, month to month. But I there's he's had a lot of great matches that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. One uh, versus Kikutaro. That what was a great match. Another great match too, if you care to look it up, is Colcabana versus Tracy Smothers. Are they Oh, anytime those guys <laughs> got together, that was always a good time. It's literally like twenty <laughs> minutes before they actually start a match. On and like you can catch that on independentwrestling.tv. I've promoted it so many times before, but that's what I go into like thinking with Colcabana match, like, all right, this is gonna be a throwaway match. It's not gonna it's not gonna matter. Who knows if we see him and Hornswoggle even tag together. I don't think there was even an explanation of why they're called the group chat. I'd figure that, like, you know, they're in a group chat with Thorne. Maybe that was where it came from, but who knows? Um, so instantly I thought, okay, 40 Acres is going to win. 40 Acres, you figure, had the advantage too with PB Smooth, but PB Smooth got kicked out early on. And see if I can remember it right. It was uh, PB Smooth came out. Did he come out first or did Alley Cat first? I'm starting to like. Alley Cat came out. Okay. Um, no, it was PB Smooth. Yeah, PB Smooth came out. came back out first. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he attacked Swoggle. Yeah, PB Smooth came came back out uh, while the referee was down. I think that was, as I'm pulling up a picture, that was Potato. So. 
Fucking it, potato. It, it starts to be just a beat down on the group chat, and then Alley Cat comes out. Small bit of trivia. There's a ICP shirt that she is wearing that is my shirt that she <laughs> she asked if she could borrow. So that was the little little bit that I got tipped. But obviously, I didn't know she was going to be involved until her music hit. So then once that happened, I knew what was coming. So obviously, she's wearing that. She's got her face. Because if you ever, like, really pay attention to her makeup, it's just the black streaks for for the cat. Well, mm-hmm. she added white to it, and it kind of looks like Kiss. And she also did emphasize her eyebrows a little bit. So uh, I took it as a weird combo between Kiss and ICP. But she insists it's ICP. So fine. So... She did have a very Peter Chris look to her. Very. Uh, it ended up not working at as much out for uh, Alley Cat joining them, and then we almost got a kind of a nice little shield tribute. We're about to get the triple power bomb or whatever it was, and then Chicken Hunting hits, uh, and out comes ICP. And I think this, like, if you're going to use ICP, this is what you do. It was it was very minimal. Um, I think the biggest spot they did was throwing PB through a door and that's still something that you know PB's kind of in control of because I know a lot of people were worried about like, oh they're gonna like if they're gonna be put with a wrestler they're gonna hurt them they did uh they both did suplexes to uh 40 acres Trey Lamar and AJ Gray seemed fine and that was kind of it of like mm-hmm. bumps and everything so that to me I'm like that I'm like that's perfect if anybody's bitching about that, it may, if you don't like them, fine. You like comedy wrestling, fine. But I don't think that hurt anybody. And to me, I was like, all right, that is what I want wanted to see. So nobody goes away angry. And yeah, I thought this was going to end the first half, but it didn't. But it was um, ICP assisting Cole Cabana and Hornswoggle. And I don't know why he didn't put Alley Cat too. But yeah, for uh, for the win. It was it to me. I agree with you. It's the best way that you could have done the insane clown posse. And honestly, I disagree with you. I don't think that the big spot. It was actually that those suplexes because even I thought like how. And then when I saw him do those suplexes, I'm like, oh yeah, they're fine. That they were good. Everything's cool. Throw them through the door. Let's go out the. You know, no pun intended. Let's go out the door to the next match. Yeah, I I like. It was the perfect way to de- use them, to be honest. I agree with you. And I was singing along and chirping and, you know, doing all the whoop whooping that you had to. And it was a fun time. I It was exactly what I wanted to pay for. I was like, yes, this is exactly the spot I want them to be in for this show. So, yeah. And, and just to be clear, I, I totally popped for this. I thought that I thought it was a really cool moment, I, you know, and even joking with PB after it was over, you know, like, dude, you got thrown through the, through a door by ICP. Like that's something, you know, they can, they can talk about for a long time. And I think going through the card and looking through, and even as we're talking about it, there's really nowhere else that this could have really fit. I think putting them in the, in the title match with Tom Lawler probably would have crowded the ring a little too much, you know, based on how it's set up. And I think anywhere else, if you go all the way down the card, there's nowhere else that this could have went as perfect as it did. And I thought, you know, being a fan or not, whether, you know, whether you like them or not, whatever, that that doesn't matter. This just went really well from a wrestling standpoint. You know, if those had been two guys that you know, no one's ever heard of, you know, they it, it would have been a really cool moment just just the way everything went down. So uh, I popped for it big time. I thought it was really cool. 
And I was glad I, I was glad that it wasn't more than that, you know, not 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 to sound any type of way, but I was kind of like, you know, I don't I don't want it to be too much, but I also like I want it to be involved in some way because that's the whole reason that a lot of people are here. So don't, you know, I didn't want it to be wasted. You know, a meet and greet's fine, but like, you know, give give these people that are here, give them something a little bit more and and they delivered on that big time. Less is more. Oh, yeah. Would be the way to put it. And it was it was yeah, bad. it did it left maybe some fans wanting more, but you know, it was it was perfect the way it was. The ideas that I had going in would was number 1, he would ma- manage uh or they would manage Lawler Number two, they would do something with the Duke and Bitcoin boys, but with uh, the Duke uh, being sick, something we really didn't talk about on the preview, but he uh, he's battling some illness right now. So he, he was out for the show, so we knew that. Then the one that it came fairly close, I thought uh, they would come out but get interrupted by 40 acres, then the production would make the save. Because the production didn't have a match, knew they were going to be there, knew Danhausen was going to be there. I thought it would be a great moment with ICP and Danhausen, obviously with the face paint, and Derek is a huge ICP fan too. So I thought that would be that kind of, he is. So I thought that would be cool for him, but I, I have I have zero complaints. I think it was it was awesome. And then right after this, we managed to have one more match, and that was Eric Ryan versus Mance Warner. This this was another great match. I love Eric Ryan, and I love fucking Mance Warner. I think it's something we talked about on the preview. Was it was hey, they didn't put much promotion behind this match, but this was the first match that was talked about on the preview, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was fucking great. Mance Warner, uh, I, I'll get to, to the finish, but you know, one via Lariat, but they beat the piss out of each other, and that is what I expected between Mance Warner and Eric Ryan. What do you think about this match, Ray? I I love both guys. Um, like you said earlier in the beginning of the show, like we've been going to AIW matches so long. We remember when Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan were still kind of, you know, young-ish. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always a big fan of Eric Ryan to begin with. And to have him wrestle Mance Warner, who has won me over ever since he first started coming to AIW and you'd see him at the old place that they used to run as well. I, how can you not love this match? And just the insanity of both men together and the blood starts to flow. I love it. It, to me, you could have Eric Ryan versus Mance Warner three times in a a week that's a, that's a match I want to see because I know it's going to, especially the way Eric's gone in his career. And I mean, I could tell you, I, I first met Eric at a, a roller rink in Painesville as a, as like an 18 year old kid. And like I, to see his career and how it's gone, it's made me happy that he's getting one steady work and going across the world for this kind of stuff. And then Mance Warner being an MLW um and just been on a tear in AIW since he first got in these guys were awesome and I loved every minute like I can't hate on this match because it was properly violent like I could I had no problems with how like shit was going down with any of that match 
I, I as a as a like wrestling fan, you can't have a bet. You can't say that's a bad match at all. What did you think about the match, Will? Uh, yeah, I was I was super into this one. Uh, it's kind of funny because you mentioned earlier that you you thought we were going to get intermission after after uh, Forty Acres and in uh, group chat, and yeah. I I thought the same thing. So I was in the restroom and. Uh, <laughs> I ran real quick because I thought, oh, yeah, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get uh, intermission here and I want to kind of beat the crowd and I'll run out there, use the restroom, come back. And I missed both entrances, which is very upsetting to me because Mance Warner's <laughs> entrance is one of my favorite in all of independent wrestling. It's, so It's the best one, especially in AIW, the way they do it with the lights and everything. Yeah, it's so I good. love it. Here's, here's the crazy thing. Number one. How long were you in there to miss all of Mance Warner's entrance? Oh, well, no, no, no. That's the other thing. So I, as I was coming back, I was like, oh, there's another match. But I didn't put it together. So I was also, like, taking the opportunity to get a beer. Because based on where we were sitting, it's like, once you came back to that backside area, which was, like, a nightmare in itself, going back to your area was, like, even more challenging. So... I had to make both, you know, I had to make one trip count for both, uh, both opportunities because there's no way I was coming back and forth twice. So, okay. That's, I was, I was held up there a little bit for that. So I came back right after, you know, it it just got started. The bell rang and I, I just hit my seat pretty much as the match started. So I didn't miss anything, but I missed the entrances, which, which I was looking forward to. Um, the match itself was really good. Uh, seeing both these guys in, in GCW as often as I do. I like seeing them kind of bring that style, uh, you know, with the forks and uh, all the other, uh, all the other things that made their way into the, into the ring during that match. And just the sheer uh, violence of everything involved, you know, not, not so much, you know, it's not going to be your most technical wrestling match. Uh, it's going to be more like a fight, more like a brawl, hardcore style, both these guys are tougher than I'll fucking ever dream to be. And uh, watching them, you know, put that on full display, uh, it's it's always something, you know, it's always something to watch. Both these guys, I think, obviously everyone is super familiar with Mance Warner. He had a really, really good 2019. Um, but Eric Ryan's a guy who I think's really uh, underrated. I think he's a tremendous talent. I think his... Hardcore stuff is really good, but he can also, you know, wrestle uh, really well. So not all those guys, not everyone can kind of flip that switch. You know, some guys are really good at one and not the other and so on and so forth. But I think he has the, the, the ability to do both. But I think he's extremely underrated. And I, I, I know he's going back to Japan. I know he's looking forward to that. So I hope, you know, more and more opportunities present themselves to him in, in 2020 uh, so that he gets to you know, display those talents. Hey, Justin, can I ask you, actually, Will, this is also a question for you. When did you start going to AIW? Already told I you. started in February of 2017, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Then you won't remember this, but I, I, the, um, Justin, what is your favorite Eric Ryan, like moment in AIW? Uh, if you had to pick, I'm going to name some honorable mentions. There's just everything with Nixon, also him winning the very first Jaylet, um, uh-huh. bringing back the uh, young studs. But uh, one that 
Oh, and uh, his uh, brief stint with OI4K. And, uh, yeah. But to me, Hell on Earth 8, which is the one that he bled everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. I was actually about to say that's my favorite moment, too. <laughs> that match was so brutal to watch as just a fan. Like, I had to duck for cover a few times during that fucking match. And it wasn't and that even was the, the main one event. They took the chairs, right? Yes, they, we had to clear the <laughs> chairs, and <laughs> they bled. Oh, well, they he bled everywhere. Everybody else bled too, but it was, it had to be like ninety to ten percent. Like it was ninety percent him, ten percent everybody else. And oh. then there was an actual main event, which was yeah. ACH for Zayar Fox. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Will, what's the most bloody match you've ever seen? Uh, I mean, I was at Tournament of Death this year out, out in yeah. Atlantic City. That that oh, got yeah. pretty brutal. <laughs> I was about to say, if you didn't say anything but TOD, I could be like, think of the most bloody thing you could ever see in your life to where they have to take the chairs away for the guys to wrestle and just bleed everywhere. Eric Ryan is a psycho, and I love him because of how much he's willing to put himself through. It's crazy, and I'm so happy he's actually he's he's getting the accolades he is now because he deserves it. It's well deserved, without a doubt. Yeah, he had a really good interview um, with uh, Ryan from the Spotlight the, uh, with, Series. Yeah, with the struggles um, in the Spotlight Series. We listened to that not too long ago. Really good interview. Get to you know hear him talk more than i ever heard him talk ever so that was uh that was really cool he is a dude that i want to interview we've talked about an interview i always there's always like a handful of people that i've talked to but whether uh, going forward and doing it uh he like i said he's on my list i want to talk actually icp with him because uh he was a juggalo for many years and that's it, yep fun to hear like those stories from him uh but yeah i thought it was kind of crazy like Ryan got an interview with Eric Ryan before I did. And it's, I just haven't pulled the trigger on, but I, I think he's on my list for someone I want to do this year. Oh, you should. He's a great guy. I love, I love Eric. I've hung out with him at mega shows and he's, he's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. So he's really awesome. He's kissed me twice. Once, yeah. on, once on the cheek, other on the lips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, what were you wearing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One was at a PWO show. I, I had some sort of sign, and uh, he went in to kiss me. And I just, like, turned. I'm like, all right, he got my cheek. And then the other time, he, uh, I was joking with him about it before a match. And he straight up got out of the ring, grabbed my beer on both ends, and just pulled me in for a kiss. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, love these America, Ryan. So uh, that will conclude the first half, and we'll be right back right after this. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. 
Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Uh, we came back from intermission with, oh, what a way to come back from fucking intermission. Nick fucking Gage versus one called Manders. Fucking uh, Nick Gage was not happy about people sitting at the beginning of this match. Mainly me and everybody in my direction. But then again, you get people behind me who bitch when we stand too much. And I, I believe this happened before, right before Nick Gage told us to stand the fuck up. It's like, all right, he told us to stand up, so going to stand up. So uh, it was another, another great match. I Like I said, I love Nick Gage. Uh, man, there's not, not a lot of wins in AIW, but uh, at least getting himself onto another card I think was great. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Will? Uh, th- this is one of the matches, probably the, I would say probably the number one match that led me to buy tickets to come up. Uh, I mean, I was more than likely coming anyway, but the minute I saw this match announced, I, I it, it was an absolute no brainer that I was coming. Um, Manders is a guy that I'm super high on. Uh, I don't know if I would go as far to call us friends, but we talk a lot. Uh, watched seen him when he used to be at rockstar pro and dayton all the time long before he was the cornbell cowboy and we used to talk you know back then football and stuff like that and uh just to see the 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 path that he's been on the last you know year and a half has just been really tremendous uh there was some guys in the crowd giving him shit and booing him and i not real sure how you can do that in in any way, shape, or form. The, the guys, you know, nothing but awesome you know, in and out of the ring. So I, I didn't really get where those guys were coming from. Those people suck. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then Nick Gage. Obviously, everyone loves Nick Gage. Did I did I see or did you guys happen to see? Did he make Sports Illustrated's top ten wrestlers of 2019? Did someone see that? No. I did not. No, I'm looking it up now, though. I, I'm uh, pretty sure I saw that on Twitter. I wasn't sure if it was if it was legit or not, but uh, pretty sure that that's what I saw yesterday. Um, but he's he's had a tremendous year as well. He's been all over the place. And the one thing, and I, I it's kind of the venue, you know, the kind of the venue setup. Uh, but his entrances are so much more tame at AIW than they are everywhere else. We went to the NGI in Chicago and obviously all his other GCW shows. And it's like a freaking riot breaks out when he comes through that curtain. And the same up at Beyond, you know, people just going ape shit. They're shoving everyone, shoving each other, shoving him. He's shoving people. I mean, it's just it's chaos in in like in the greatest way possible. And uh, the other the other thing I, I love about Nick is that he always remembers me i've seen him in like so many states and so many different promotions and every time you know he's always like oh thanks for coming out man you know and always always remembering you know his fans and stuff like that and i think that's that's really cool because he he's everywhere he's wrestling for so many different promotions in so many places um so i was kind of interested and to see how this would go as far as how hardcore they would get and I had talked to I had talked to to Manders up in Maine a, a couple weeks ago, and I asked him, you know, how how hardcore deathmatch stuff would you would you ever get into? Because he's kind of he's kind of starting to get into the GCW scene as well. I've seen him at a couple shows, and uh, 
you know, he's like, uh, w- with the right people, I, I'd get involved with it. And he, he mentioned Nick Gage by name was one of them. He's like, you know, if it was against Nick, I, I'd absolutely get involved. So knowing that conversation, like going into this match, I was like, okay, this is someone he told me that he would get, you know, he would get a little bit hardcore with because he, obviously he trusts them. And that, that was at the forefront of my mind because I was like, well, I want to see how, how hardcore are we going to get here? You know, what is he going to bleed? Is he, you know, tables, chairs, ladders, whatever, you know, what's going to come out in this. And I thought they did an excellent job of, of really, you know, going into that hardcore element, but not pushing it too far, you know, especially for, for that being something that he's not necessarily, you know, that Manders is necessarily known for. Obviously we know that Gage is, is the king of violence, but I wanted to see that. I, I really wanted to see where they were going to go with some of the things they did. And I, I thought they pulled it off perfectly. It didn't go too far. It went just the right amount. And I think Manders showed that, you know, he, he's also pretty tough son of a bitch as well. So, uh, the match went really well. I, I didn't ex- I didn't expect Nick to lose in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, he, he's he's been on a pretty good streak, you know, as, as far as not not taking L's. So, you know, it's it's he's usually a pretty safe bet, and uh, I I thought it went perfect. What were your thoughts on this match, Ray? Um, I liked it because I'm a big fan of Nick Gage ever since. Uh, was it Tournament of Death Eight? Yes, Tournament of Death Eight, where he died. Do you guys uh, know what I'm talking? I I can tell you the specific number, but I think it I think it was eight because they did eight point five rewind that same year. Um, and, but I've been a fan of his since the early days of CZW and all that kind of stuff. But like that was the moment where I became a huge fan of that dude because of the fact that one he almost died via laceration, which is nuts. And he's doing the shit he's doing now. It's crazy. Didn't was it? What was the spot on the uh, chairs in in that match? Was it a brain? Bu- was it a suplex or was it a brain buster? I think it was a brain buster with the with them pushed back to back instead of fr- like face to face. They were like back to back. That popped me big time because I I like those kind of uh, those kind of steel chair spots. And the one called Manders, I believe he was at Jaylit. Yes, Justin? Uh, Jaylit Weekend, yes. Okay. That's the first time I had ever seen him. And I'm always a fan of, like, rough, tough cowboy kind of guys. And the reason I like the one called Manders is because he fits that bill so well. He fits that bill of a tough, shit-kicking cowboy, not in the thought process of maybe uh, Stan Hansen or something like that, but a guy you could believe in modern day and those two going at it. I was like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. They sold. Everything was amazing. Nick Gage, um, you know, did enough hardcore things to make it in, to make it fun. And I, I think I, and I agree with you, Will, I didn't think Nick Gage wasn't going to win this match. I mean, there's, you can't have that go into the what what you have as a pro wrestling promoter and have Nick Gage lose against a guy like one called Manders. No offense to him, but like Nick's been on a slow winning streak that's crossing promotions. So it, it's and plus he's a former absolute champion and Manders is somewhat new to AIW to begin with. But this was a match for Manders to show his toughness to 
the Cleveland AIW fans that come on a regular basis. So I liked it. And again, you couldn't, t- you could tell that this was a one-sided affair, but it was still made fun. No matter what, how you presented it, Nick Gage is always amazing on every single show that he does. So I can't, I can't complain about this match at all. Yeah. No, I think that was pretty much it. <laughs> ah, I tend to have a flair for the uh, just blunt, I guess. I don't know. It was uh, Nick Gage won via Avalanche Power Driver through a door. Mm-hmm. MDK all the way. <laughs> Next up, we had KTB versus Wheelie Yuta versus M Dog Matt Cross versus Two Cold Scorpio. Uh, fucking, I love any time we can see M Dog. Yuta and KTB always always killed every month, and you know, it's great having a guest like Tuchel Scorpio, and it was almost like you had two older veterans and two newer, younger wrestlers, and I think that was kind of a dynamic told in this match. What were your thoughts on it? Start with Ray. Um, I This was a match I was looking forward to because I had actually, to my knowledge, never had seen Tuchel Scorpio live. So this was sort of a, a thing as a fan where you're like, oh, my God, I get to see Too Cold Scorpio Flash Funk from WWF. You know, that kind of thing would be – it's always cool to see your heroes. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, I've had a fa- I've had a love affair with since um, last year's Hell on Earth. I, was it last year's Hell on Earth that he was at in uh, Brook Park area as well? Um. I think he was first match last year uh, for the Masato Tanaka Nick Gage uh, party pal. main event. Oh, welcome to the party pal. Yeah, that's why. That's yeah, why that, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I don't think that made sense. He, I, don't know, I don't remember. Well, welcome to the party pal. Yeah. I was at that show. Yeah, and I liked the way the kid wrestles. I liked, uh, you know, his style. Um, and to be honest, he shined in this match. He, he definitely showed what he could do with the star power that was in the ring, especially with the likes of M dog 20 and, uh, I'll always call him M dog 20, Matt cross, uh, and, um, two quote Scorpio. And we'll, we'll discuss something about that match in a second. But um, Matt Cross, I will always be a fan of. I, I remember seeing him in uh, Painesville, Ohio for NEPW um, at, at a, uh, the Armory in Painesville, Ohio, when he still had the like backyard wrestling gimmick. You know, the, the, the bandana, the white pants, the red stripe. That's my Matt Cross, and it will always be my childhood Matt Cross is from the Backyard Wrestling videos and the game, and then seeing him in Cleveland as well. Uh, and then Too Cold Scorpio did what you know a legend in a match should. He picked his spots. He got in where he needed to be to make it very fun for the fans to see him do what he does best, which is do his acrobatic moves. And for a guy in his age... He is an amazing, amazing shape to do, to do what he does, and I respect him for that. Plus, also, we shared a weed vape at the after party, so my life is complete <laughs> as a pro wrestling fan and a stoner, so it's a good time. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about something that happened in that match, I think, and I'll defer to Will on what he thought about the match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off by saying... <laughs> 
that I'm not a big nostalgia guy, especially with guys who are a lot older. Um, that's never just never been a cool thing for me. Uh, you know, I enjoyed people a lot when they were in their prime, but then, you know, to see them come back sometimes and do things of this nature, sometimes it can go really well. And sometimes it can go extremely, extremely bad. And I agree, I agree with you on that. And yeah. I, I'll have something to back me up on that in a minute. But I agree with you on that point. I just think too cold had he looked good for how old and how long he's been in pro wrestling. He did. He did. Absolutely. And I was I was somewhat surprised because, to be honest, I wasn't I wasn't super like I wasn't sold, you know, this isn't what, what forced, this isn't what convinced me to buy a ticket was this match. Um, I just, I, I didn't know what to really expect. You know, was he still going to be able to go? Was it going to be, you know, just a couple things here and there, the other guys doing most of the stuff. I, I just wasn't sure that these things can usually go one way or the other. And I, I thought it went really well. I thought he was, he, he was in phenomenal shape. He was still doing some stuff. Um, I, he doesn't have the fountain of youth that Matt Cross has apparently found. Uh, hmm. I don't think anyone has because that guy looks fucking phenomenal, like absolutely <laughs> incredible. I mean, he is in tremendous shape. His matches are always fantastic, and he just does stuff that you just don't expect he should be able to do at this point in his career. And that's obviously a huge testament to his work ethic. Uh, KTB is a guy that, I've never actually spoken to I'm a really big fan of him, but I've never spoken to him simply because I never know what to say to him. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not from the woods, so I don't know if there would be any type of uh, translation there that, that would need to be done. But <laughs> he, he always kind of intimidates me in a way. You know, I've seen him at some after parties and merch tables and stuff like that. And I just never I, I never really know what to say. So. Um, one day I'm going to, one day I'm going to cross that barrier and, uh, you know, get that out of the way. But, uh, he, he's a guy that I thought after, uh, he had that one big match, uh, was that against, um, uh, was that Tanaka? Was that earlier this year at AIW? Oh God, was that that match that, was awesome and at the right venue because whenever oh, they so perfect whenever they chopped each other, just you watch the sweat just fucking bounce right into the light. Oh, so th- that aesthetic alone is like one thing I remember from that match of that show. Yeah, and I thought after that that he was kind of gonna take off a little bit more than he has. Um so I'm still kind of waiting for him to break out. I've, I've seen him at a lot of different other places. Um, and I, I, I've always thought he's tremendous, but I, I, I want him to hit that next level and, and be in the conversation with a lot of the other guys that we talked about as far as having, you know, really great years. And I, I think he's fully capable. It just something, something needs to, something needs to click and uh, he'll, he'll be uh, right up in the conversation with everyone else. Uh, Willer Yuta, another fantastic guy, absolutely handsome. Willer Yuta is like one of the most handsome guys in, in all independent wrestling. And he's one of the first, when I, when I first got into independent wrestling a couple years ago, like he was one of the first guys that 
like responded to a tweet that I had made that someone else, I don't know how he got a hold of it, but you know, he, he responded back and I was like, Oh, you're one of my favorite guys now. Just because like, I don't know anything about you. You don't know anything about me, but here we are talking. And I thought, you know, I just thought that was really cool. So, um, as far as, you know, the actual breakdown and getting into the match, I, I, I thought it went really well. There was, you know, some, some opportunities. I feel like that, that you guys are going to talk about, um, that, that could have went better, but, you know, everybody <sighs> for the most part got their got their stuff in. And uh, I was honestly surprised at who picked up the victory. I didn't. I That kind of wasn't what I was expecting to happen. Uh, I, I'm fine with it. I'm happy for him. Uh, I just was like, eh, I, I kind of didn't expect that. But, um, yeah, it, it went really well. And it fit uh, like time wise, like where it was sandwiched. I thought it, I thought, it, you know, it was perfect placing for it so you know kudos to them for that yeah it was wheeler cuda rolling up to cold like scorpio that. for Cuda-da. the win <laughs> cuda as, as many Cuda-da. people uh many people know him wheeler cuda aka wheeler Yuda. but yeah wow uh, rolled up to cold scorpio for the win yeah uh, i i d- to be honest it was a good match but i'm and i'm gonna bring it up that ktb mishap what did you guys think of that what do you think, Will? No. Uh, well, set set the set the scene for me a little bit more. He had uh, I forget exactly who he had by the wrists. Gra- goes onto the second rope, tries to do a backflip, and then just falls face first, and nobody's doing anything. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, uh, I, just timing, missed yeah. opportunity, yeah. <laughs> I, I fully agree with you on bad timing, but I will admit, because I'm an asshole, I did laugh a little bit. Um, I, I was upstairs on the second level because uh, I had my buddy with me, and we and when it happened, I couldn't help but laugh. I did. I It didn't kill anything for me, but I just started laughing so hard because I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a, we got a lot to go so i'm just gonna, oh yeah so let's get into the to the next match kind of getting a lot to go we got two matches but it's been a pretty long episode uh next up we had eric stevens versus eddie kingston we have the guy who says he's gonna hang it up in april versus the guy who said he was gonna hang it up at the end of this year but changed his mind um just throwing it to, to what actually happened. Eric Stevens won via Northern Lights bomb, and I love I love Eric Stevens and I love Eddie Kingston, and these are two fucking just badass dudes. And uh, I'm gonna try to value Eric Stevens as long as he continues to wrestle uh, in AIW, continues to wrestle in general. Uh, I was I was happy I was happy we we got this match, and if, and this was a match that was booked, far as I was told on Twitter. Uh, this wasn't the exact plan, but it, somehow I got mentioned on Twitter, and then they they fucking decided to pull the trigger on it. So fucking pretty pretty cool way for that match to happen. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? Start with Ray. I really like this match just because of the fact that one, I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. I've seen Eric or uh, uh, Eric Stevens a few times in AIW. And the matchup's perfect because you got a guy like Eddie Kingston who is always just been a pit fighter of a dude going back to his days in Chikara when he was king of the world there. 
and then all of a sudden you get a guy and then putting up against Eric Stevens, who has one of the better aerial assaults, at least in independent wrestling right now. And both guys think it's the end of their career. But I think both guys still have a lot to give to this business. I really do. And to have them in AIW in Cleveland was definitely the smarter play when it came to the idea of a match between the two. It worked. And I liked it a lot. What are your thoughts on it, Will? Yeah, I was I was kind of excited for this match. Uh, I like both these guys a lot. In fact, Eric Stevens, I had no idea anything about him ever um i didn't watch him when he was in ring of honor previously so i had no frame of reference there and the first time i saw him was actually at aiw and um i think that was absolution weekend and i i've followed him closely ever since i I like everything that he's been doing uh it seems that he's pretty adamant about hanging up um which is unfortunate because i think there's a lot of opportunities still for him to do a lot more stuff um but you know it's it's obviously his choice at the end of the day and it sounds like he's pretty serious about it uh eddie kingston also another guy that i really like i like eddie kingston personality like his personality um outside the ring probably more than i like him in the ring but i just think he's just a genuine dude and like really hard nosed and honest and you know I, I that's some of the stuff that i like about him he's he seemed he's a really intimidating guy but you know every time that i've talked to him he's always been really cool so yeah i hope neither one of them go anywhere i thought they absolutely beat the shit out of each other in this match there were a lot of chops, a lot of chops, and uh, there were a lot of people in the crowd giving Eddie Kingston shit, which I don't know how you do that. Um, yeah, that th- there was no- just a, a guy that I just can't imagine like giving shit to. Like, I don't know how you dislike him. It's really weird. Um, if you that- go back and watch the CZW black or um, blackout days, you can understand. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so yeah, that 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 part struck me odd. Uh, I thought the match was really well, really well done as far as them, you know, just inflicting pain on each other. You know, it felt more like a fight than a wrestling match, and that's kind of what I expected. And uh, I also really love both of these guys, especially Eric Stevens' uh, social media presence. He's a really fun person to follow on Twitter. He comes up with a, a lot of crazy stuff, and his Instagram uh, account is even funnier. So I hope that if he chooses to not stick around independent wrestling, he at least sticks around independent wrestling Twitter and continues to provide us with entertainment in that way. I don't always agree with uh, Eric Stevens, but you know, there's a lot of like stuff. Sometimes he just says stuff that's on his mind, and it's like, thank you for for putting that out there because there are things that need to be said. Granted, maybe uh, his liking. Uh, I'm not even going to do it. Last time I said something about my view on pecan pie, everybody got mad. But, oh yeah. <laughs> and I, for the record, for those who wanted to give me shit, I just said I didn't like it. You can like it all you want. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't like I it. Mean, just it, me. It is pretty trash, right? I mean, we... Agreed. Ooh. I'm not a fan of Pecan Pie at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many people gave me shit for it, and I was <laughs> I was just crazy. like... But I didn't say it sucked. I didn't say it was horrible. I didn't say it was trash. I just said, I don't like it. You might... Yeah, I'll, always, I'll always use this example. My fiance, she hates bananas. Like, the... 
the the sight of them, the taste of them, and you could like sneak a banana into something and like she'll know and like she'll get grossed out. Now, for her, for her taste buds, she doesn't like them. But for most people I've ever come across, almost everybody loves bananas. Sure. Does she get? Does she do the whole bread and bananas thing? No, like it. She can't stand the taste of bananas. Where it's like, but my girlfriend has this weird thing where she actually says that if you put bananas next to bread that's <laughs> in like a, a bread box or in a bag, that bread will taste like bananas. I've never heard that before. And I swear to God, she said it, and I still don't believe her. <laughs> but also something I heard Jim Jeffries on an Opie and Anthony episode recently, like an old listen, he hates bananas as well. And the way you're describing is exactly how he yeah. felt towards them as well. So my feeling is just, I don't like it. So please, <laughs> please direct your hate elsewhere. If you don't like it, that's fine. I won't, I won't condemn you for it. Trust me, if I don't like it, that means more for you. But anyway, uh, it's stuff like... He can't like, suck. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a little quick tangent on that. Whenever I was over the road, there's something when you're a truck driver, if you get more... If you have an excess of stuff, sometimes places won't accept it. Like, oh, you have one box too many, or you have one pallet too many. We won't, we're not accepting this. They won't take it for free. They'll just go, we can't accept this. So there was one time I delivered, I don't remember where it was, but there was an extra box and it uh, was uh, pecans. And they're, they're like, well, we can't, like, we're not going to take them. So like, you can, you can have them. So I double check with my company. They're like, yeah, like it's just a box. Like it doesn't matter. Like, we'll just, if you want to keep it, tried eating some, throw them away. Just, I cannot, I do not like pecan. Anyway. See, I actually like the like regular pecan nuts. I like those. Oh, I don't even like pecans. Hi, I just can't do it. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hope, I really hope Eric Stevens stays around for some of that stuff. Even when I don't agree with him, uh, it's still fun to interact with him, and he, he's a really, really cool dude. So, and I, I know we're not the only ones who have said that, that we hope he stays around. But at least if he hope he stays around for social media, that's going to be cool too. Um, yeah, we only have uh, one match left, and it's the main event of the evening: Joshua Bishop versus Filthy Tom Lawler versus Matthew Justice for the AIW Absolute Championship. And oh god, this is another fucking great ass match just three dudes beating the fuck out of each other and that is what i expected especially with with this match i'm going to mention the spot of the match or at least in my opinion <laughs> fucking you had was it tom on a table you had justice go up to one corner about to jump off of it and fonzie does this a lot he'll get up on another corner blow his whistle you know, you know, keep cheering for Matt and fucking Fonzie takes the jump. He jumps through the table. And far as what I was told, that was Fonzie being Fonzie. That wasn't supposed to happen. So, if, I mean, if, if not, but that's that's the story I was told. That to me, that's fucking awesome. The look on Matt's face, like what the fuck? But it was so awesome. What were your thoughts on this match, Will? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly how I thought of it when I 
when I saw the look on everyone's face on everyone's face when he did that, it was like, oh, that I, was that supposed to happen or did he just, you know, call his own number there? Because that's surely what it seemed like. Uh, and then he he sold he sold it so well that I was fairly certain he was pretty pretty badly injured. Uh, and I I thought it was interesting that like the match just kind of kept going on and no one was really tending to this guy because he seemed like he was in pretty bad, <laughs> you know, pretty bad shape. And yeah. I was like, this, you know, is someone going to check on the, you know, you see I've broken ribs or something here and no one's seeming to really, you know, tend to him. But, um, you know, seeing him at the after party and stuff seemed like everything was all, all well and good. So I like that relationship that those two have. So I, I hope that, you know, sticks around for the foreseeable future uh it's really cool because he the experience and things that he's seen and done you know lines right up with the things that matt wants to see and do so those two together is just you know a a really perfect fit and i hope that i hope that relationship doesn't go anywhere anytime soon uh the match was pretty much you know as advertised i think delivered what everyone expected it was going to be uh just absolute chaos bodies everywhere people going through things tables doors chairs etc um and i i didn't ex- i kind of didn't expect matt to win in a way just because i thought that you know it, it was an opportunity in a situation where you know a triple threat doesn't necessarily have to get beaten type of thing and i thought that he would probably drop, you know, drop the title at that at that spot, um, but he didn't, and he it it went really well. I thought everything uh, everything played out perfectly, including the the constant pestering by uh, Maserati West out there on the outside, and uh, you know some of the interactions that he was getting into with the fans and playing his role as well as he does. Uh, one of the guys that a lot of people you know seem to hate at aiw so it's always cool to get to see him do that type of stuff um but yeah it was great i thought it was a great main event it sent the night off you know uh of an excellent show and it kind of topped it all off with with the really good main event what are your thoughts on this match well not well not right Uh, (laughs) way to go summers (laughs) yeah it happens it happens buddy um no i i loved uh the match itself um i like maserati west and um i'm blanking somebody throw the name out now throw the name out now please um bishop bishop joshua bishop that's it i blanked for a second um i like them together as a heel uh team because they both are young enough where they can be as cocky as they want to be. And Joshua Bishop, no offense, Maserati, but Joshua Bishop is more of the beefcake in the situation. And then uh, the icing is Maserati West. Like, I love both of those guys together because they're a team you want to boo. Like, they're just, you look at them and you're like, fuck off. I don't want you guys here. Why are you here? But then when you get it, they get when Joshua gets in the ring, that's when shit really gets real. Um, I've been a fan of uh, Tom Lawler for a very long, ever since UFC 198. 
when he came to the weigh-ins dressed like Conor McGregor. Uh, and that night, um, he did a tribute, or the next night, he did a tribute to, um, why can't, like a prayer, uh, uh, Grado. Yeah. At UFC 198 on the prelim card, he comes out to like a prayer because that's what uh, Grado did. And that's when I fell in love with Tom Lawler. And when he started coming to AIW, I've not seen a bad match out of Tom Lawler because he's he has that ability to really like get the proper amount of improv meets. Oh, this actual wrestling move. Uh, Matthew Justice, I love Matt Justice. I've been watching Matt Justice since the Firestorm days. Uh, when he would come to Firestorm Pro, he would uh, do early AIW shows. Uh, to see him as champion right now, and Will, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't. I knew they weren't going to take the belt off of him because they, especially the way they did it, he's going to have it for a law a little while. Like, I think at least a year you give Matt Justice that absolute intense championship, quote-unquote, on the intense part uh, for the absolute division or the intense division. But um, I think, honestly, this match had, uh, like Will said, it had the perfect amount of chaos. Everything was going on. I popped when Fonzie went through the table. I was like, holy shit, Fonzie's going through the table. Yes, this is so cool. And it just, every part of it in my, in that mark part of my brain, where I was like, it ticks all the boxes. I was happy on every level of that match. Um, And to be honest, I thought Matthew Justice wasn't going to lose this match just because Again, they just put the belt on him. I think this is going to be at least a 6- to 12-month run off the bat to begin with. So you look at how that this whole thing shapes up. You couldn't have Justice lose right after he had just cashed in uh, his J-Lit tournament trophy. I mean, that was the whole point of it. And to be honest with you, Matt is the guy, the top guy AIW needs. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not on that, but I think Matt Justice is the guy AIW needs as their as their champion going forward because he's got a lot of experience. He's gotten tryouts with WWE, and he can help build that new foundation of AIW going into 2020, 2021, 2022. So that's why I was very happy with the result. And also I loved Fonzie selling afterwards the table and uh, hanging out with him at the after party. That was all. That was a fun, fun time. Uh, but all in all, great match. You, a great main event. An abs- to pardon the pun, but an absolute AIW main event where it was just madness the entire time. I loved it. I couldn't. Ha- I couldn't complain about that main event if I tried. To be honest with you. I, I guess my question with with Justice, and I, and I completely agree with you. He's definitely the top guy. Uh, how long do you keep him with both titles with such a talented roster? That's that's kind of but the question. That's that's where I say that uh, you can keep him as absolute champion, but keeping him as a absolute intense champion, I think would be if I was a thing within the next three months, I'd take the intense title off of him and start building that intense title division because there are some really good young guys 
that he could build as like a dual division champion kind of thing because UFC is doing the champ champ thing now as well. Sure. And it's I think that's where kind of you have to have a guy like Matt Justice to build the intense division up and then drop it three, four months maybe if we're going on independent wrestling math being the absolute champion, it really has nothing to lose by losing the intense division championship. And that's where I think in the next like two to three months, we may see a change. I think between now and Tampa, we'll, we'll see something because I think he's, yeah. he's going to get a big, some sort of big title defense in Tampa. Uh, I don't know if he's going to hold it outside of that, but I, to me, that's, that's the next save point. That's going to be the next Okay, what what does he have? I mean, we have two shows. Yeah. Uh, we have well, two shows in February. I forget how many shows in March. Maybe two, maybe one. Can't remember. Um, but you also you mentioned you know he's had WWE tryouts. Let's not forget he's been well, no. to WWE. <laughs> he technically. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, what, what's he's a- he's been in the big machine. That's what I'm saying, and he can help build those guys to that next level. It wasn't a disrespect; it was yeah. more of just I know I know Matt Justice's history, and I know he can help those young guys build to that next level. He um, he did win. He did mm-hmm. win via uh, well retained via MK Ultra, and he cut a really really good promo afterwards. Just kind of like you know, to me, it was a great way to end. 2019 in AIW and just like putting over the fact that yeah uh you know he when he came back at Gauntlet which he hadn't been in AIW for years at that point when he came back at Gauntlet in 20 uh 17 I believe and you know he's just been killing it ever since and got to this level that he's at now and there there was a he even said there was a point where you know he was only wrestling a couple times like a mo- like once a month maybe not even a couple times once once a month and you know the he was re- really starting to fade like i remember when he came back after WWE which was my first independent show and you know he he kind of grew stagnant after a while but this this really lit a fire on, under his ass coming back to AIW and what he's done even Outside of AEW since then has been fantastic. So it was, like I said, a great way to end the year. Matt Justice retains, still absolute champion, still intense champion. Probably see some changes of that coming up, but uh, what a way to end the year in AIW. Oh, for sure. So yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was the perfect the perfect ending as well. I don't get up there as you know as often probably as you guys do, being a little bit further away. But I made it to as many shows as possible in in 2019, and I, I I believe that we'll definitely eclipse that number in 2020 for sure. For sure, and that's the thing. Like watching everything that's gone on with AIW as long as I have, I mean, this is the pinnacle right now for them, and they'll break through another plateau mm-hmm. at some point. But right now, AIW is probably the best I've seen it in a long, long time. And I'm very happy to see the progress and the crowds, the, every, the energy in the room. Every time AIW is there is fantastic. It's, it's the best thing to see if, if you're in the Cleveland or even Ohio, in, wherever in the Midwest needs to come to AIW. I always tell people that it's the best place to go. If you like wrestling, because it's how they book it. 
it's perfect. AIW has grown a lot, you know, within the past five years. Uh, actually, just I pulled up the results. I believe it was five years ago. Yeah, was the first show at Mount Carmel when that was a thing. And looking, yeah. looking at some of the names on this card, some might not be wrestling in AIW right now. Others in WWE, some back in WWE, guys like Brian Myers, um, you know, Heidi was just part of the social network during that time. Um, Davey Vega was the intense champion defeating Chris Sabin, uh, to, uh, a successful title defense for him. Uh, you know, still had guys like Eric Ryan killing it. You know, Candice LeRae was obviously part of the roster at that time. Fuck it. And Donst went against a tag team that's not around anymore called the Forgotten BJ Whitmer, Jimmy Jacobs, and oh. and uh, Crimson Tommy Mercer. We had. I was at that show. Yep. Yeah. As was I. Um, Eddie Kingston defeated Chris Hero. Josh Alexander defeated Ooh Ha Nation. <laughs> The main event was M Dog Matt Cross and Zima Ion, known as Dudes on TV versus Johnny Gargano and Josh Prohibition. Wow. Uh, yeah, and that was fucking five years ago. And I always feel like AW gets better year after year after year. A lot of times it might be minor, just something small that they, they improved on. But honestly, since they left. Well, I would say since they left Mount Carmel, that was only a year ago. It seemed like the last year of Mount Carmel, like it, it got the best that it could ever get. And now one year removed from it, it's even better. And I, I would, I would say it was when the West 130 days, yeah. when we, uh, when, when you go to that church gym on West 130th, that's when you started to see it. Once they hit Mount Carmel, that was where you went, Oh shit, this is a big venue. And there are a lot of people here. Yeah. That's when it started to seem like, oh, fuck. This is really, like, they'd hit it. And those years were so good. And now to be at the Odeon, a legendary concert venue here in Cleveland, doing amazing shows, how can you not love them? It, it, how can you not love the story? It's crazy. It's <laughs> It's something that I've mentioned on here time and time again. I don't really want to repeat myself, but it's it's absolutely true. When I first came at Absolution 7, and if you go back and watch that, it is on independentwrestling.tv. Look at that crowd. The crowd is small. But at that time, like it, it filled the, the church gymnasium, which that that was what the, was, the Lutheran, what was the Lutheran church. What was, what, what? Was, that the, was that the Faith in Nothing match? The... Abso Seven was that was Absolution Seven where uh, Christian or um, Christian Faith took on uh, RSP and his other gimmick. No, I think that was six because Seven was the Briscoes, the debut of um, Nixon Duke versus Jock in a Texas Bull Rope match. We started off the night Ricky Shane Page versus John Thorne in a No Ropes Barbed Wire match. That was your first. That was my first absolution. My first show was Hell on Earth 7. Okay. Which was at the Lutheran Church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that show. Main event main event was Masada versus Madman Pondo. 
I, I was I was there for that one too. Mm-hmm. I, that was a that was an interesting night because you had to duck glass the entire time you were there. <laughs> but if you you go back and look at the crowd from Absolution Seven, it it just filled that Lutheran Church gymnasium, and then the last show at Turner's, which was also Hell on Earth. I for, I forget the number. Like it's packed, and you figure yep. like, oh my God, we're this is this is the best we're going to get. And then they moved to our lady of Mount Carmel. And then like that had a lot more room. And like, there were a handful of shows that were not as packed as other ones. But when we got to, we got to the end of that run, we were starting to really, really bust at the seams there. So now I feel like it's just, they've been killing it every year and they, they do something like this year. Yeah. My guest of the year is going to be Insane Clown Posse when we do the review episode next year, next week. Um, I never thought they'd bring him in, them in, but yeah. there's, there's still, there's, they always surprise me with guests. They always surprise me with matches. They always surprise me with uh, somebody that I might have never heard of and then I fall in love with. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's getting better and better and better. So, yeah. I, I always, I always say, Every time I watch an AIW or AEW or I watch WWE and I'm watching with like a casual wrestling fan friend, I always give them the backstory that I know of them from AIW because I can tell them this person's been in Cleveland. This guy's been in Cleveland. This guy's been in Cleveland. And the fact that a lot of guys who come through AIW to go to the higher levels, I mean, Keith Lee going against Ray Rowe. I yeah. mean, it, that's still to this day one of my favorite matches I've ever seen in AIW. But to see Keith Lee killing it in WWE, like AIW has been such a, a place where you can get to know professional wrestlers on their way up into those higher echelons. And I'm so glad that I have a company like that here in Cleveland to teach me about who's going to be the next guys in professional wrestling and also to share it with you, my friend. <laughs> All right. We, we, we've gone on long enough for this episode. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute <laughs> plugs before we go? Start with Ray. Uh, I actually, if you want to follow me on the social medias, it is Ray Highclack. Uh, H-Y-C-L-A-K, and um, I have some dates coming up for stand-up comedy. Um, the big ones will be January or January 6th, Grog Shop in Cleveland Heights, uh, the Willoughby Brewing Company. I will be there on the 9th, and then also East End Bistro and Pub on January 16th in uh, Lakewood, Ray Highclack, uh, at Ray Highclack on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that uh, to find out other dates. You should try to get on the March 6th and 7th Funny Stop shows. I don't know if Pete will let me. I, it's uh, You're not funny, man. That's all I ever hear from Pete. Nope. And <laughs> it the, makes me sad. <laughs> those are the nights that uh, Kate Quigley is going to be there, and I want to go see her. Oh, I'll call if you're gonna go. We'll met, talk offline, but I'll or I'll I'll go with you. I'll come hang out and we'll just chill. All right, Will. Any uh, final thoughts? Last minute plugs for you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything nearly as cool to plug. Um, just social media is at uh, at the Weapon X W three four P O N X 
And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, co-host wrestling podcast will be making a return sometime relatively soon. I don't I have some things lined up, but nothing, uh, nothing really to announce as of right now. So stay tuned for more on that. But that's about it for me. It wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I realized your Twitter handle was Weapon X. Yeah, a lot of people don't put that connection together, and it's—I've had it since like the late '90s. So I just, never, <laughs> you know, back then it was cool to like swap the E and the three and the four and the A. So that's kind of why I did it, and then that's, that's it's everything. It's my Xbox handle. I have several email addresses with that in it. So <laughs> I just never changed it. So. And of course, you can find myself at Heavyset330, much like you can find this show at Wrestling Chairs, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Chairs, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Chairs, Instagram.com slash Wrestling Chairs, email if you so choose to desire Wrestling Chairs at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at Watermaneuver.net. Like I said before, please rate, review, and subscribe if you ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, Wrestling Chairs.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. And also, if you go on that feed, I released, I think I talked about it last week, I can't remember, I released an interview with my best friend who was at this show. Uh, me and him sat down for an hour, had a fun conversation, so you could check that, that out. That show is called Hanging with Heavy. Don't do it too often, but when I can, that's something I do. Anyway, also, check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You. Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, Haunted Home Video, The IndieCast, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, UXWA Today, Big Gold Belt Podcast, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Spotlight Series, I Got Your Five Stars, Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, At Odds with Wrestling, and It's Evolution Baby. And check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Sickening Pictures, Good Company, Stay Tough, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if your juggalo makeup looks like kiss makeup. Huh? Later. Sometimes you want to go where everyone